KFGO time is 619. Derek Hansen with you. Our good friend John Holler from the USA Today. Long time Viking beat writers with us. How the heck are you doing, sir? It's draft week, my friend. Yes, it is. And uh, I've joined recently joined a support group, so I have to give myself an introduction, apparently. It's, hi, my name is John, and I don't like Kirk Cousins. <laughs> so... <laughs> the, the, the the rest of the guys in the group will understand, so I'm just getting that out there. You know, I I kind of look at Kirk Cousins now, and I think, and some people say I sound wishy washy on it, but it's it's kind of like that. Uh, what he's become is that hmm. your sibling or maybe a close cousin, if you have a lot of close family cousins like you. And I'm not saying anyone, was, if any of my family's listening right now, but it's more stories, like. It's right. the, it's that person who married into the family, and you just have to deal with them at Toleration. family gatherings because toleration is involved. Yeah, if that makes yeah. any sense, you're tolerating that person you love in your life because it's your your sibling or your cousin that just yep. married someone that just drives you crazy after a while. <clears throat> that's and you know that's Kirk Cousins to me right gone. now. Yeah. Eventually he'll be gone. <laughs> Not soon enough for my liking, but eventually right, right. he'll be gone. Yeah. It's just, you know, they, it's a time where you have to spend Christmas and Thanksgiving and Easter and Fourth of July and all these family events, but you know it's not going to be forever. They eventually will leave the house. Yeah. And that's kind of where it is at with me and Kirk Cousins. So is that a good analogy? Do you like that at all? Or Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, we, we put up with them. Yeah. And... He treats your sister good. Right. You know, so Craig, Craig we're not that. talking about you, okay? Because <laughs> I have a sister. You know, he, I like my brother in law, so we're good. But Craig Cousins is his name? What? Uh, no. No, no. 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 Okay. No, Craig, we're not talking about you. No. Watch it. All right. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Start bringing some better Christmas gifts. No, he's good. He's good. He, he brings beer. Keep he, it Christmas, he brings right? beer yeah, to the lake. We're good. I mean, that's all there is to well, it. Right? Yeah. All right. All yeah, right. Fair enough. Quality domestic. <laughs> no, no imports. No craft. Is quality domestic. Right. No IPA. Exactly. We don't need to get all fancy right. with it. It's we're talking pontoon beer, right? And we don't need to get. Uh, Coors Light works. For me. <laughs> well, that's you just hit the nail on the head right there. Yes. <laughs> that's for the family drink for sure. We're simpletons. There's just no getting around it. Uh, <laughs> well, it is this week. I, I would say. You know how to open the can? Oh, for sure. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm uh, sorry. Um, this, <laughs> this week, it, it, it's a weird draft week because there's, I mean, people ask me, what do you think? And I just, I, I say positions because. I know some of the players here. I've seen some of them play, but no one's really just going, man, they got to get this guy, right? I mean, I think there's three or four guys that'd be like, okay, that seems to work. Well, you had a double-edged sword going there. Sitting at 12 is one of those little uh, bubble spots where the top 10, there is extra power that a team has on a top 10 pick when it comes to the uh, franchise tag and things like that. The 32nd pick is always great because that's the last one that the franchise tag can be imposed upon. Mm -hmm. So once you get out of the top 10 where the franchise tags a little more onerous, you're sitting at 12. 
and Washington is in front of us. What what are we calling them now? The uh, they're they're um, they're the commanders. The no, no, they're the commanders. It's Cleveland that's the okay. Guardians. We got to get used. To, All right. Yeah. Um, I don't. Um, I know. Indigenous confused at the moment. <laughs> but oh my when God. when you get when you get out of the top ten, it. All of a sudden, the tag of putting a fifth rounder on lessens. So teams are looking to move up to Washington, looking to move up to the Vikings. But you've got a first-year analytics GM, and much less installing a 3-4 defense, which, by the way, the Minnesota Vikings have never run. Mm -hmm. So I think they're going to be – the Rick Spielman thing would be to trade down and get like 20 picks in the last round where Minnesota is once again on the clock. I'm not sure this group is going to do that, to be honest with you. It's going to be interesting to see because this is all new to us. We've had Spielman for how long? 10 years? Right. 12? No, I think that's, mo- so- that's the most intriguing thing about the draft, right? We don't know. I mean, if they jump up to the fifth spot, it's not inconceivable because we don't know how these guys play. Right. And I'm one of those. I would rather be a guy who trades up and doesn't have picks in the seventh round as opposed to somebody who trades down and they're so convinced their scouting guys have it right that we are going to be able to get that guy with the 200th pick. And it's like, okay, you know, does he pan out? That's the problem. And we have a totally new look at it this year and i think it's you know it's cool to watch will it fall flat on its face or will it take off and be the best thing ever my only thing is they they got to go defense in my view early and often what are your thoughts on Derek stingley the lsu uh, corner hasn't played in a couple years he was hurt last year did the 2020 COVID opt-out uh, are you nervous about that? Do you think Patrick Peterson might be the perfect fit for a kid like that? Uh, you know, another LSU guy. I think that's the thing well, that's intriguing for me about that. If they do pick him up, well, it could be uh, the ticket to keeping Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Uh, they were teammates briefly, but I, to me, Stingley is one of these guys. I when I've watched him because. My theory on on following college football, I'm a pro football guy. So everybody who's an expert here in the next three or four days who's a pro football guy is lying. Okay? He has done homework and watched video on a guy, but he couldn't tell you, you know, he couldn't pick him out of a three-man lineup if forced. What I do is I follow the SEC because if you follow the SEC, there's a funnel to the NFL. And then you pick out two or three or four teams, Ohio state Clemson come immediately to mind, Notre Dame, Michigan recently. Cause I, I watch Michigan just to see Jim Harbaugh lose. And when it's big, you know, when, when everything counts, Jim Harbaugh always loses. Right. But Except this year follow, against Ohio state. If, but yeah, if, if you follow just that core, the sec, and cherry pick three or four other teams. And if you watch them, you are going to be familiar with half of the first round, half of the second round, and half of the third round. Because 
quality rises to the top. And the SEC right now and for the last 10 years has been the minor leagues of the NFL. I mean, you look at anyone who tells you who's going in the first round. I watched Georgia all year. I hate to say it. I got a guy who's on his diuretic deathbed right now, and he's from Georgia. And so he knows these guys better than me. And he told me three of the defensive linemen from Georgia are going in the first round in the first half of the first round. And he's right. And by watching the SEC, I was able to see these guys. So back to your Stingley question, apparently. (laughs) The guy's damaged goods, and I would have uh, difficulty expecting him to be Patrick Peters. I I think you're right in the fact that if one of those Georgia D tackles gets there, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if – O.J. McDuffie's kid comes out, right, and, and becomes the cornerback, too. I mean, I think that's well, a good fit. In a in a 3-4 defense, Trayvon Walker is a beast in the middle. He could be uh, – I'm trying to think of, like, just the classic 3-4 nose tackle, the guy who takes two guys, Pat Williams. Mm-hmm. He could be Pat Williams. If he is anywhere close to Pat Williams – I would take him before I would take Sting. Yeah, fair. No, I think defensive line wouldn't be a surprise. You know, we talk about the 3-4 and the 4-3, but with the amount of three wide receiver sets out there, aren't most teams just playing a – they're pretty much playing a 3-3-5 most of the time anyway, aren't they? I mean, with the nickel in there, or or what's your take? Well, they do, but I think we see it in the playoffs. In, In the playoffs, the NFL reverts to its old school. If you can run, you own your opponent. If they cannot stop the run. And the thing about the 3-4 is you need to have a big guy. I mean, 320, a guy who automatically takes two linemen every play. That's what makes a 3-4 work. If you don't have that, if you have an undersized guy in the middle of a 3-4, there's no reason to pass. They will gain six, seven yards every time. They will run the ball down your throat. That's how Tennessee wins. You just give it to Derrick Henry 30 times and say, well, we we'll, we like our chances. Yeah. No, it's it, it's going to be – is there a chance they could go offense and shock everyone? I mean, I, I'll, there's not a wide receiver or tight end that's going to make them want to burn that pick, is it? Is there? I don't think It so. would shock me because yeah. the only guys in the top 12 that I could imagine them taking talent-wise would be an offensive tackle. And, you know, how much have we invested in Derrissaw and O'Neal already? So I, I think we're pretty set there. What I want to see is I want to see quarterbacks go off the board. I want to see offensive tackles go off the board. Just guys in positions that we don't have any interest in. Yeah, that's for, that's for sure. Um, I did get a message in here, text message at three five two seven zero on the I Consultants of North Dakota text line. Um, hey, now, a lot of reports. The I Consultants of North Dakota. Uh, I Consultants of North Dakota. If you want to call the studio line, we get the Laney Studio line, and also uh, the studio right here is brought to you by Gunderson and, Jewelers. So there you go. We got everything going on. And- if anyone wants to run by Schlotsky's and pick up a couple sandwiches yes. from my boys in the in the studio, I, I heartily endorse it. <laughs> I, I think we <laughs> no, we're good. 
I had dinner already. That's fine. Um, Viking, hey, Vikings is just as good the next day. That's true. Uh, and that's a very good point. Um, a text message comes in here. Report today, maybe that the Vikings may not pick up the option on a Bradbury, so we're giving up him on him already. Hard to know. I mean, I think they want to give him this year to see how it plays out. But after his rookie year, he's been pretty much a disappointment. Maybe he can bounce back. I don't know. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I, I wouldn't pick up the option on him because then all of a sudden you're getting into interior lineman money, mm-hmm. not just center money. And there's some good guards out there that get a pretty big check. So, yeah, I he's on a prove-it year, and if he proves it, they'll re-sign him. If he doesn't, sorry, bye. That's a Spielman guy. Yeah, no, that's for sure. Well, and I think you know, what a disappointment that's been. And, and do we know, I mean, as far as the Rams go and their philosophy, is it, he was kind of that they wanted to get him because of the zone-blocking scheme. What is the... How would you describe the Rams' offense? I think it's a little bit of everything, isn't it? I mean, do they do more? Well, zone? once they got a quarterback of some note, uh, they got a lot better. But, you know, for years they were a Todd Gurley-based offense because you had Jared Goof, or excuse me, Goff, as their quarterback. I Kirk Cousins is 10 times the quarterback that Jared Goof is, just so we got that clear. Yeah, well, I there's really no. I mean, Sean McVay was the head coach, and this is our coach's first chance to really be a part of the draft process. And it's the same for the GM; they've never done it as the top dog. So we have no idea what they're going to do. I mean, we knew that with Spielman, there was one thing that was certain: at some point, we were going to trade down to just acquire picks, acquire picks. And him and Zim seemed to be in lockstep until last year. And that's when everything kind of just took a sideward turn. And I'm fascinated with seeing how this is going to play out because you have a guy at the GM who is not a football guy. Quotes around that. You know, he's a football guy. He, he, He knows it by the eyeball test. He doesn't care about analytics. This is a guy who cares about analytics. And you have a coach that's coming off uh, a Super Bowl, you know, so he's the hot ticket in town. He can do no wrong. This is going to be their rubber stamp on, okay, how does our regime start out? They have to hit a home run on this draft. And I think the best way to hit a home run is either to trade up or to stand pat and not trade down. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be th- – th- I think we'll get to know pretty early what the philosophy is going to be, and I think that's – of all the storylines we're talking about, a lot of names, n- you know, not a lot of substance to w- what we know these guys can do. That's really the storyline, right? John Holler with us, again, from the USA Today, longtime Viking uh, beat writer. But that is the story, right? What is the philosophy of this new regime? Right. I mean, we're – we know nothing about either one of them. Other than, you know, what they've done in their past, now they are taking jobs that are above their pay grade where they've ever been before. And so we're going to find out real quick if now, do you think there's any way that they trade up or trade down from their 12 spot? I, I don't know. I, I, 
because I just think that there's like 15 guys that are kind of the same level once we get past Hutchinson. You know what I'm saying? I, I think right. Because I, I think he's one of these guys on the edge that can really make a difference. You know, like the like the the Watts or the Javon Curse when he first came out. That type of guy is that safe to say? I mean that that's, oh, yeah. that's what I think Hutchinson, the defensive end out of Michigan, can be. And it would be nice if Detroit got him just for that. I wouldn't want to see him in the NFC North, obviously, but that's kind of what you're looking at with him. Outside of that, it's I just... Don't think he, I don't think he gets past Jacksonville, to be honest. I don't you. either, but I, th- I think people are doing mock drafts. <laughs> if it was me... I mean, I, I, people are doing mock drafts. I think they're sentimentally picking him to go to Detroit, right? I mean, that's just... Fun. Right. Michigan boy. Yeah, exactly. Seager, Kid Rock, the whole nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but but, but I, I think that's Dreams the deal. don't come true. <laughs> For, for you young youngsters out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as a Viking fan, I hope that J- Jacksonville takes him so he's not, you know, harassing Kirk Cousins, right? And so, I, I, Right. No, no. I want nothing to do with him. No. Because no, once I was watching Ohio State, suddenly Michigan became relevant, so I had to start watching them. And I tell you what, that he can play in any system. Yep. There is no system that he cannot excel in. Yep. Three four four three doesn't matter. A two five, he'll still do fine. What is the deal with Anthony Barr? I mean, I mean, what are we at with all this? Underachievement. Oh, well, but I mean, is he staying? I, I just the thing about it was the first argument I got in with Zim was because of Mike Mayock and. Mike Mayock made this comment on NFL Network because we're at, uh, I'm not sure if we were at, now we were still at Winter Park, I'm pretty sure. But Mike Mayock makes this comment saying that Anthony Barr is ideally suited for a 3-4 defense like Pittsburgh had. Right. And I made that comment to, you know, do you see potentially any production problems because he's, you know, word on the street or however I phrased it, it wasn't word on the street, but that he's best suited in a three, four. Who told you that? (laughs) (laughs) And he's from the podium. Who told you that? And I'm like, well, Mike Mayock just said it. Well, I talked to Mike Mayock this morning and I'm, Oh geez. I, I didn't know I was opening a vein that the rift between him and Mayock, a schism, who knew, but, uh, I think that they right now are willing to, okay, this is the band we inherited. We're going to cherry pick the pieces out as we go along. And I mean, I'm not sure where where are we in the, I mean, aren't we past the deadline for paying him? Yeah. Both he and Daniel Hunter, right? I mean, that was the thing we, we, and so we talked about Hunter stays, Hunter stays bar. I mean, you want to get up to five dangle Anthony bar. Yeah, that may happen, and that's maybe what we're looking at, right? Because and, looking at or looking for, yeah, right. <laughs> well, there's a good, a good. because <laughs> what, I think ideally, if you, I think he could be scary if he does put his fingers in the ground, right? I mean, I, right? I, think, I think that is the thing that's intriguing. You know, Joel Heitkamp and I have talked about that quite a bit, actually. If they want to put do a three four, and you got and Hunter plays like the defensive end next to Barr as the outside linebacker, that's kind of th- you know. And I think Hunter is strong enough to do it. He's not kind of the bigger defensive end in a 3-4 like you think, but he's certainly strong enough to do it. For the speed side, he's fantastic. Yeah. He's ideal. 
No. So. And like I say, I'm not sure Vikings fans, the casual Vikings fans, are fully grasping how different drafting is, how different personnel is. Where if you're running a 3-4, you may have 12 linebackers on your final roster, 11 or 12. And that's a lot. Mm-hmm. But it's necessary. It's like, why did we keep 11 defensive linemen? We need them all. It goes from where the job tickets for defensive linemen goes down, where the job opportunities for linebackers go up. And if a coach or a scout falls in love, linebackers are the easiest players to fall in love with because they are just attacking at all times. You know, they don't have to drop in coverage like a defensive bag. They don't have to take on a 300-pounder as a defensive lineman. They're the freelance guys. And if you fall in love with one, we could end up with a bunch of linebackers that either do great or just completely stink out. And if you don't have good linebackers in a 3-4, you're dead. Yep, you're 100% right on that. Well, it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to this. John Holler again, USA Today, longtime Viking beat writer. Uh, I, I won't even get into. I mean, do you want me to ask you what you, you think that? Well, who's your pick for for the Vikings? Who's my pick? Yeah, Aiden Hutchinson. If he's still there, <laughs> we're stupid not to take him. Okay. No, so. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I I honestly think if Stingley is there, they'll take him. I, I'm not a big fan of, uh, I think Kyle Hamilton should be gone, the safety from Notre Dame before he gets there. But if I'm going off the board with what I truly think would be the best for the team, I'm going Trayvon Walker from Georgia. Okay. And I think if his teammate Jordan Davis falls there, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the, the guy either, right? I mean, you had, right. you had no. d- defensive yeah. tackle, Jordan Davis falls, and Kind of sounds like he's in that area. I think I would. I, I think that's a guy, just a, just a, a menace on the defensive side of the ball, as the Alabama Crimson title tell you. So, yeah. But he he would be playing the big defensive end, mm-hmm. the stand up defensive end in a three four, mm-hmm. and opposite opposite Daniel and Barr coming in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's scary. That, and that's that's kind of. I like to I like to smell of what you're cooking. Yeah, I think that's kind of what I'm looking at is what might happen. So. We and so see. then they take Jamison Williams, the wideout from Alabama, and we're like, "What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why?" Well, I like that. Give cousins I'll... more weapons. Okay, thanks. Okay, well, let me ask you. We hear the wide receiver possibilities all the time, but I really thought that they liked the. Uh, I'm going blank on the third wide receiver that they had, uh, KJ Osborne. I thought that that was something right. that they're looking at. So you got Osborne. You obviously have Thielen in. Hopefully he can stay healthy and you know one of the best uh, wide receivers in the game right now and Justin Jefferson. I'm just surprised that so many people are thinking about that in the first round. I mean, obviously he can't have enough wide receivers who have talent, but that surprises me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, to, to me that would be a, not necessarily a wasted pick, but an ill-advised pick. You're, you don't draft to a position of strength. You know, fortunately there's no running back that uh, – uh, is good enough to even be in consideration for the 12th pick. So Delvin Cook is safe. You know, we're, we're not taking a running back. We're not taking an offensive tackle. We're not taking a quarterback. So when you're taking ones off the list that others want, I mean, we're the, the one thing I am 
interest in finding out. I Ahmad Gardner from Cincinnati, the best corner in the draft. Right. He's called Sauce. I don't know why he's called Sauce. I have a feeling on Thursday I'm going to be enlightened as to why they call him Sauce. <laughs> Fair enough. And I haven't cared enough to look it up. So Fair enough. So so, so you're I'm I'm going off the board with uh Trayvon Walker and your pick is Stingley? I'm going Davis. I think they'll pick the Georgia Jordan uh, if that makes sense. Jordan Davis. So we're both we're somehow Okay, if if Stingley is available, I say they take him. If not, I would be yeah. Well, that's you, logical. Yeah. You and I are both taking interior linemen from Georgia, but we're not taking the same guy. Right. Yep. I like where your head's at, well, brother. Well, we'll see. I mean, I, it, this is solid draft talk. I, I, I think so. Uh, On the mighty seven nine. <laughs> my last thing for John Holler. We've been talking about this for a couple of days now. Because, as you know, I was in the in the area for the weekend catching all the sporting events. I looked at this weekend and thought, man, i got to take a part in all this. But it was amazing to see the stars that all four of the teams have right now. Obviously, Justin Jefferson with the Vikings, they're offseason. Mm-hmm. But Kaprizov with the Wild, you have the two stars, I think. I mean, Russell isn't as big as Ant and Cat, right? I mean, Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. And Byron Buxton obviously has that potential. If he stays healthy, he could be the American League MVP. And we're trying to put in to when there were other times like this where the four major sports had stars like that. Someone texted in and said, don't forget Lindsey Whalen. Well, I mean, A, it's not one of the four major sports. And she was here in 2010 where the Wild and Wolves didn't have any big stars, right? I mean, they, they, right. And the Vikings... McCarville could have played for the Wolves at that point. <laughs> yeah, I mean... the. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the Vikings had Peterson, obviously, but the Twins had Joe Maurer, who is you know a, a recognizable name, but I don't know if you put him in the class of the big stars. So I just I, I think going back to two thousand four, three and four, Moss and and uh, Garnett, maybe Tory Hunter right. is trying to get there, Marion Gabrick, but I don't think that group holds a candle to what they got right now. And at some point, John, they got to cash in. I mean, one of these four teams has to cash in with the level of stars that they have in town right now. The coolest thing about the stars that you're mentioning now is almost all of them are really young. Yeah, right. Like 25 or less. Mm -hmm. So if we can get them to stick around, we could be the new sports town. You know, like I've always been jealous of Pittsburgh because they always seem, even though the Pirates blow chunks and have for 30 years, they always seem to be in the mix. They're not Boston. Boston is kind of the uh, creme de la creme, where it's like, well, we didn't win a Super Bowl this year, but we won the Stanley Cup, <laughs> or the Sox won another title. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, the, Y2K. Or the Celtics yeah. are relevant. Ever, ever since Y2K, uh, Boston has been an embarrassment of riches. I mean, my, I mean, there's nothing yeah. like that. I mean, the Patriots, the Celtics squeak one in and, and with Garnett. And then, yep. you, then you the Bruins slide one. in there and get one quick too with the Stanley Cup, yep. and you know the the Patriots and Red Sox have been two of the best organizations in their respective sports the past twenty two years. It's ridiculous what they've had. It's I it's mean, darn, darn it, near it's mad amazing. It, it's amazing that you're a sports fan up there. Your teams all are successful, and maple syrup prices are incredibly reasonable. <laughs> it's a combination that you just can't miss. <laughs> Uh, John, my friend, it's always a pleasure. We'll read your stuff and uh, 
certainly it'll be fun to follow what's going on on Thursday evening, which we got Jeff coverage. High host South Tavern, my friend. Great burgers there. Hey, so no. If you want to, that's what I'm talking maybe about. head on up. You know, we'll get you in touch with that. Yeah. High High Ho Tavern is our big draft party. So. Hi-oh. Yeah. All right, I'm in. All right, sounds good. We'll talk to you again very soon, my friend. All right, take care, brother. But John Holler, Viking beat writer, longtime Viking beat writer, now with the USA Today, has been a friend to the show for a very long time and uh, always appreciate having him on. Very interesting and entertaining gentleman and just a, a thrill to have on. Love to do it.